Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. All right, so 33 years as the Detroit Lions chaplain. You know what that meant? A lot of losses. Yes, and a lot of head coaches. Oh. How many do you think I went through? Eleven. Dif- different head coaches. Good guess. Yeah? I think it was 12. That's because I've heard you say it. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of them made it two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> but most of them were several years. But here's, here's why I'm bringing it up. Because every time I met a new coach, I wanted to impress him. You know, like, you're going you're gonna to keep me as your chaplain. I wasn't hired by the team, but the head coach could still decide, do I want this guy or not? And so every time I wanted to press the head coach, guess what I wanted to do? You don't even know this. I don't know what you're I'm saying. like, he's got to meet my wife. Welcome to Family Life Today where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. Everybody has told me, so much so that I sort of got annoying that you're so much better with your wife. You're good, but your <laughs> wife and you, you're so much better. So, I That's mean, really I knew if my head coach could meet my wife, he'd like me. And remember Rod Marinelli? No. I mean, I remember Rod. Of course but, you remember Rod. I mean, I, yes, but I don't know what you're going to say. I hope Rod's not listening right now because <laughs> my wife just said, I don't no, even remember. I, I remember his wife, Barb, too. Yeah, she was great. But I remember the first lunch we had together after we were, we were walking through the building, he turns to me and he goes, man, your wife is dynamite. You two together. Wow, I'm looking forward to what happens. Did you tell me this? I'm this telling is, you now. This is so nice now that you're telling me on the air. Well, the reason I'm bringing that up is we're sitting with a couple. Mm. Right here in yeah. front of us in our studio that I think is the same way. Me David too. and Meg Robbins, you two. Well, first of all, let me say welcome to Family Life Today. It's good Thanks. to be here with you guys in studio. I mean, this, this is, is great. the first yeah. time we've had you together with us yes. in studio. And for those of you who don't know, David is our president for Family Life. And Meg, you are the president too because you're his <laughs> companion. You're his one that makes him great. We're in it together for sure. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and when I, you know, when we met you uh, a couple years ago, that was one of the thoughts I had. It's like, you guys are so dynamic. I mean, David, first of all, you're amazing. Um, unbelievable. Meg, you're amazing. But, but I am to, better with her. There's no doubt. Yeah, There's I mean, no it doubt. was like one of these things. It was like, and, you know, some couples aren't that way. But you guys, that's why I thought of that. Hmm. You are dynamite together. Yeah. Even just a few days ago watching you speak on stage at our staff conference, you're, you were just, there's charisma uh, that, that exudes from you. So we're excited to have our president and his wife in the studio. You've been married how many years? It is 20 years. We just crossed it, and two decades. And I mean, in thinking about being a team, like we go back to that transformation really happened in the trenches when we weren't on a mm. stage, when we weren't leading really anything hardly at all of significance. We were overseas in Italy, and uh, man, some real transformation happened being kind of in the wilderness for me and me realizing how amazing Meg is and some gifts that she has. And you've got four kids at home, and I just heard they're all in school. Tell us a little bit about your family. 
We, okay, so I came in to Ole Miss, the University of Mississippi, as a freshman, and David was actually my orientation leader. Oh. And that's how we met initially, and actually the genius move that he made was that when I walked up and he was calling Roll, because he's two years older than me, so he's leading our group, and he says... Uh, Meg, which if you don't know this about me, my first legal name is actually Mildred. So he says Meg, and I just stand there knowing that the role doesn't say uh, Meg. So, so I, said, I jump in and I go, is does, there a Meg? Does anybody go by Meg? And I was like, well, I go by Meg, but I'm pretty sure that's not what your paper says. And he said, well, I didn't think you would go by Mildred. How risky and horrible was is that? Because Mildred's and a great name. I love my name, Mildred. So anyway, it was funny. He had gripped my initials were M-E-G, and he saw my full name and thought, this girl probably goes by that her initials. That is a full name. Wow. just saying things out loud in the moment. I, I, it's not on purpose, but well, it was a first impression, yeah, whether good or bad. It, it was a attention. first impression. So, But when we came back to school in the fall, um, Crew, we were involved with Crew, Campus Crusade at the time, was starting co-ed Bible studies. And a girl invited me to her Bible study, and she said, the guy that I'm leading with, you may know him. His name is D-Rob. And I was like, oh, that was my orientation leader. So we were in the same Bible study for a semester. The so first semester. I got to see this freshman's heart. I mean, she came into college. I needed two years. Thank goodness I was <laughs> two years older than her. I rode the fence in lots of ways, but Jesus kind of got a hold of my heart. That summer I was leading her orientation group. Mm. I went right after that over to Romania on a crew summer mission. And I mean, God just met me of how big of a God he is to all the nations. And I came back, you know, on fire leading this small group. And then I got to see this freshman every week and her heart just open up of her love for Jesus and go, who is this freshman? Okay. And- but it's important to note that he came back so on fire. Well, I didn't know him really before. And I actually wrote Thank- in my journal. Let's just say Thanks to the Lord. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> was pre, pre-Jesus. Um, but I wrote in my journal that I wanted to marry somebody just like David Robbins. Come on. But I had no... He was a junior. He was kind of a big man on campus and was so passionate and on fire for the Lord. And it was so obvious. And so I had journaled that and was like... Loving getting to know him, but never dreamed that it would be an honor. No, why, he would be why interested write, in me. Why didn't you write, I want to marry D, D, David Robbins? Because I didn't Somebody figure like. that would ever be an option. He has a little freshman. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm like, this is exactly the type of person I'd want to date and see if I'd want to marry. I mean, she has everything. And um, I'm telling my small group co-leader. Um, hey, Beth, I, I really got to start being careful. I, you know, I'm a, like a re- redeeming my flirtation, you know, and my pro- my propensity to flirt. And I'm really trying to follow the Lord and how I pursue somebody. And so I think we need to start leaving Meg out of our Bible study. What? Social what? activities. What? Come on. True I'm story. overzealous. <gasps> it just was overreaching. And Meg, meanwhile, starts sharing come October or so. Hey, I'm loving being in a sorority and and meeting and having an impact to people that don't know Jesus, but I really need Christian friends. And I'm going, we can't invite her to our social stuff because I don't trust myself. I'm so sorry for you. It's on me. It paid off in the long run. The day that Bible study ended in December, that next day, I called you, asked her to our formal Christmas formal, and we went. We had a great time. So, but then after that formal, we we went out to lunch and just kind of laid it out. I'd seen what I wanted to see. Mm. And so we went really slow because we started dating when she was a freshman. So, Did you come on staff right out of college? We did. Yeah, I remember 
December 31st, 1998, being in a hotel ballroom at a conference that crew was putting on. I was praying that month, Lord, I, I love advertising and I want to go to New York and, and live that. And there's gifting there, but I feel this pull to, mm-hmm. to serve you full time for a season. And, um, I remember I was going through first Corinthians and was on December 30th. I was taking that month to pray about it. And I really was asking the Lord, would you show me by the end of this month, which, you know, I would have kept following him if not and <laughs> trusting him, but that's what I was really trusting him for. And on, it was like first Corinthians eight on orderly worship on December 30th. And I'm like, Oh, come on, like <laughs> Lord, I need like for you to show up. And then it was first Corinthians nine on December 31st. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And mm. I remember journaling, woe to me if what? And, you know, writing some things. And then verse 19, um, although I'm free and belong to no man, I make myself a bondservant to yeah. win as many as possible to the Lord. And, you know, in that moment, it was Jesus in the spirit kind of met me in a sweet way. If you're free, David, to go do whatever, you know, um, profession and occupation you want to do, choose to be my bondservant. No matter what you do, everyone is a sent one, mm-hmm. no matter what vocation they choose. But I heard kind of the spirit, you know, just whispering to me, mm-hmm. how about you serve me full time for a season? And so I jumped in two years later, Meg jumps in and together we started lifting our eyes to what would it look like to go to the world? Yeah. And honestly, for me, I, when we were dating, and really serious. We knew we'd be getting engaged pretty soon. And he was joining staff. And I was kind of praying, like, Lord, I know that I love ministry. I love being a part of this. I love what crew is doing. So it's an easy yes. But I also wanted to know, I, I would love to know, Lord, do you have this for me too? You know, is this what you're calling me to? So I prayed for that and I asked for that. And actually, while he was at staff training, I went on overseas uh, mission trip to Italy with crew. And during that time, at the very end, we were kind of debriefing about to come back home and the Lord just used something that happened in Rome and the verse in Second Corinthians 5 that says, Christ's love compels us that those mm-hmm. who live no longer live for themselves, but for Christ who died for them. And I just had this sense of urgency and just taking that to the Lord of, okay, God, I, I mean, realizing, yeah, I am passionate about this. You've given me a love for this and a passion for this. And I think that has been so crucial for us through the years that God individually called us both, but also mm-hmm. together um, mm-hmm. just has kind of written on our lives, just living living for him and wanting to say yes to whatever he's calling us to at different stages in our life. Um, but when we first got married, we went overseas. Actually, after the, we were at the University of Mississippi, they placed him back there, which was super nice while I finished school. And then we went overseas to Italy. That was our partnership um, at Ole Miss was at the yeah. University of Pisa. I do remember, though, right before we went, our first touch point with family life was actually right before we went overseas on our one-year anniversary. We went to a weekend to remember, um, and it was an important one because yeah. we it, it layered some things in our lives where we were obviously committed to the Lord. God was moving in our lives. We had a great first year, but I was amazed spending that afternoon at the weekend to remember writing this love letter out through promptings of some things that had been covered that morning going there's some layers of kind of they weren't secrets in my life but they were insecurities in my life mm. of things that I wasn't disclosing to her and I, I it, it wasn't that I was trying to hide them it was just that God was really in that weekend showing me if you want deeper intimacy 
keeps disclosing, keep going there. You have this bride that, that we are meant to be more one and, and, and draw closer together, even in your insecurities. And it was such a critical moment for us. I remember sharing that love letter with you and you just affirming me mm-hmm. in some deep, important ways to go, why am I holding on? Why am I not disclosing this to her? She loves me, will show grace to me. And it really deepening us in some important ways before we went overseas. Mm. I can remember when we went to the Weekend to Remember conference two weeks before we got married. And the love letter is a significant part of that conference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because I remember thinking I shared some things with Dave, too, of insecurities that mm-hmm. I had never shared. And it just exposes the fear, the insecurities. And I think that's exactly where God wants us to go, like to be totally exposed, totally known and seen. Yeah. And you're scared, like, will I still be loved? And there's something about getting away for yes. a weekend and being guided through it that mm-hmm. makes it really safe. You right. know, it, it, it's not it's not scary because yes. there's that safety of being guided in that process. Yeah, I think one thing that was so was was so significant for us years ago and we still see so true today about the weekend to remember is the questions and the intentionality yeah. that it frames up for you. You're right. You could sit at home and try to write a love letter, but it, what brought those things out were just the content for sure, but even more so just questions that it was asking us to think through that we realized, both of us realized like, wow, there are things deep in my heart that you don't know about me yeah. yet and mm-hmm. that I need to take a step into more intimacy. And with we've that. been to four now as participants and obviously uh, more as speakers, but in those four, in different seasons of life, even though the content may be similar, like the seasons of life we're in yes. are not. And so God just unearths and his spirit moves uniquely in each one of our lives in such unique ways. And it's pretty powerful. I mean, couples come up to us every time we do a weekend remember and go, hey, you changed the conference. Like, no, we didn't. You're in a different place. So yeah. I hear it's totally different. That's why you, you go back. But even now, it's a different conference. So it really is. If you haven't been, it's cool. you need yeah. to come back. But talk about this. So you're with Family Life now for, what, almost three years as the president. That's right. Talk about what that's been like as a couple. Leading a major ministry, not just yourself. I mean, you mm-hmm. you have the title president, but you really are a team. Talk about that. Yeah, we really did get interviewed together. You yeah. know, you don't Which take is true for the crew. family life president role and yeah. in your family <laughs> isn't part of the interview process. And Meg doesn't play significant roles. And we do get to contribute together, which we're grateful for. But it's worth saying most founder transitions don't go like this. And so often it really does depend upon the founder themselves, you know. And so Dennis and Barbara, they set us up so well. They continue to mentor and coach us uh, monthly or so. Um, and they paved the way. Mm-hmm. And they really have passed the baton. Mm-hmm. And they passed the baton so well. And we we experience them cheering for us so often. And we're so grateful for them. And, you know, we don't fill their shoes. We fill the role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way we could do it just like them. They are so gifted, so unique. And oh, we and know we're sitting in the in the well. <laughs> the radio seat. It's like, hey, we're divvying up all that yeah. they've done. But we we get to be a team of voices yeah. now. We get to be a team in a unique way for this next chapter of family life, which we are so grateful for. And again, we are so grateful for you, Dave and Ann, for joining the team mm-hmm. and for being a part of continuing to to carry this baton um, onward to the next generation of families. But for us, it really does start right where we left off back in Italy. Um, mm. When we went there, you know, Meg Meg was 
I was so attracted to who she was and her relationship with the Lord and the way she served. And she really was a powerhouse for influencing others around her. But I had my own things I was trying to prove. And so we went to Italy and everything that I had built up around me to prove myself as a leader or as a man, those were knocked away. Like I loved diving deep with men and I had this whole chain of discipleship and I loved the, the depth of discipling men and in, in in their interior world. And you know what? In Italy, there, there really weren't that many believers to disciple. Mm. And to add a little complexity to that is um, I didn't know the language and I was really bad at the language. I learned very quickly. I was the worst on my team at the language. <laughs> and yet Meg, um, we discovered, really had this gift of being able to share faith in such a natural way. I was always busy in myself or distracting other parts of the conversation with other people in the room while she was jumping into these conversations in this very secular place like Italy, she would just naturally get into spiritual conversations. And within three months, she had she was having spiritual conversations in Italian. Like she's the that best. That might be a stretch. Well, but. close. I mean, she was the, the best on our team at language or one of the best. And I just I, I just remember going, Lord, I, I don't know what all these gifts that I've leaned on. And ultimately, I, I was leaning on the Lord with them. But I was getting a lot of my own, mm-hmm. you know, dopamine hits out of it, of, of satisfaction of who I am and my leadership. God was taking them all away. And he was teaching me in those years we were overseas of the gift I have in Meg and the gift I have of being able to be a team and really getting at some of my pride and my own self-reliance in order to become a team. Because I was in the way a little bit of us becoming a team for Jesus. Hmm. I think Probably we went into that season and coming out of college and out of David being on staff and me still being a student, you know, I was kind of like the cute little sidekick for him. And I think he probably would admit, and you've said yeah. it before, that that's probably how you kind of saw me. I think I'm the one that originated that you phrase. Of just like, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> grieve that I viewed you as a as a bonus sidekick to this, you know, mission I'm on, you know? And I think for me too, though, I probably had some insecurities and felt like he was the one with the role of leader and, um, in ministry and things like that. But when we were in Italy, we really did. I mean, we needed each other. We had different giftings that complemented each other. I mean, I might be able to speak the Italian and he might be able to rally the fun and keep the energy in the room up or whatever. But let's also admit our date nights only in Italian were miserable. <laughs> that was one of the, <laughs> the assignments from the language school. <laughs> you had to talk in Italian on your date night. Well, Which lasted all of, all right, minutes. let me just hear your commentary and monologue because I did, I mean, I just was so bad at it. Well, you were used to being good at things that you were trying that were new and you hadn't had language since like ninth grade. Look how she's Spanish. building you yeah. up. It was yeah. bad, y'all. Anyway, but that year was so formative for us just to really, for me to believe more in who God's made me to be and how he brought us together. And What you've talked about and modeled as a team is inspiring because yeah. I think a lot of us men, and I can't talk for the women. The women here will have to you know, say if this is true or not for women or, or for wives and moms. But for us as guys, I think there's a lot of insecurity in us that we don't realize is in there. You even hinted at it in yourself, David. I know it's been in me and probably still is where I want to be the man. And my wife can be viewed even by her own husband. I know Anna's felt this like she's my sidekick. Like I'm the man. 
you support me, you make me look good, stand beside me, do whatever you need to do so that I win, rather than you're my equal partner, I value you. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have you ever felt that? I'm not sure. No, I don't think I have because you haven't shown that. You've always given me a place and a voice, and you. I feel like you're encouraging me to be heard. Mm. But what I was thinking, Dave, too, is I think some men can be intimidated because I can be pretty strong. And so I, I've talked to women that feel like their husband has pulled back so far because mm. he feels like he doesn't have what it takes to offer anything, even spiritually especially. Yeah, and I would just say, I mean, that's definitely true. I would say to the men listening, uh, bring out the best in your wife. She is an incredible, gifted woman that God has blessed you with as your partner. And a question I often ask is, is Anne fully herself because... I'm her husband, that I'm bringing that out, or am I sort of holding that back, or even like pushing her away so that I get the light, mm-hmm. rather than, man, oh man, God has given us an amazing ability as a team to thrive together. Whether it's in a Bible study, on stage, you name it, right here, it's like, is her voice being heard? I would challenge the men to say, is your wife's voice being heard by you and by those you're ministering to? And here's how you can find out. Ask her. Because hmm. yeah. she will tell you, probably, if it's true. And when I've asked you, you've, she's, I mean, when I heard your story right now, I thought, man, you are not where you are today without Meg. Yeah, and Meg absolutely. isn't where with it, it's. It's the beauty of God bringing us together. Two are better than one. The same for us. So it's been a, an incredible journey. And I'm hoping that especially men hear this and say, I need to do better bringing out the best in my wife. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Interesting in mentoring a younger couple or being mentored yourself? Check out Power to Change's mentoring initiative designed to help you avoid those pitfalls we all can fall into. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or go to our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab to get started today. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.